Welcome along, Gardening Talkback, Scotty Sharp. Good to be back with you, mate. Haven't done this program with you for what seems forever. It's like the rolled gold version. The rolled gold version it is. Okay. Well, mate, a big program on the way. Looking for some calls, but a very interesting topic coming up today. Yes, I thought we'd talk about a couple of plants that are out in flower at the moment. One that's growing really nicely. One of them's Laura Petlam and Fatinia Red Robin. It's out there. Fantastic hedge. We'll talk about that later on. And if your dog's making smells in the backyard... I need to know. I'm going to ask people. I need to know the best way to try and get rid of that smell. How to get rid of the dog poo and wee smell in the backyard. I've got a couple of plants you'd like to take us through this afternoon. First one being what? It's called Laura Petlum. Uh, there's another, and some people call it, China, you know, Laura Petlam China Pink. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is it has this beautiful, beautiful flower. And it is, a, it's a, look, it's a very dark pink. I'm not very good with colours, mm-hmm. uh, but it is a very dark pink. And it sits on a plant that has beautiful purple foliage. And at this time of year, it's out in flower and it is looking spectacular. If you go down past the Jockey Club down at Broadmeadow, uh, you'll see it there. They've got some hedges down there, and it looks amazing. So it is a very good hedge, hedging plant. It's very, very tough. It's actually a native to China. Uh, look, it'll get to about till three metres tall or so if you let it. Uh, but because it's a hedging plant, you probably only want to keep it about a metre tall or so. And if you're really clever, you give it a bit of a hedge. Uh, I'd say end of, you know, you might stop in, you know, cutting it in February. And then by the time we get to April, the flowers come out and you get this perfect square or whatever shape you've cut it, uh, plant, it's just this mass of pink flowers all over the top of it. A very, very attractive plant. It does look, it does sound very, very nice and colourful there. Now, you, you mentioned you see quite a bit of it near the Jockey Club. Obviously, they've got the, the gardening and the, and the time to put into it. Is it something that's going to need a lot of time and effort to get those results in your backyard? No, it's a, it's a very, very tough plant, uh, and it doesn't grow overly quickly, so it's not going to outgrow all the time, so they're out there, out there pruning it. Uh, and it withstands full sun, dry conditions. Uh, so, again, it is a very versatile plant, and at this time of year, you've got the pink flowers. The rest of the year, you've got that foliage contrast of the beautiful deep burgundy uh, leaves on there. Sometimes you get a little bit of green in those leaves. Mostly they stay the deep burgundy, so a really great foliage contrast plant in your garden. I like that you mentioned that it does well in the dry because we've had reasonably dry conditions for such a long time now, and it'll do pretty well if you've had one in. Yes, it will. But uh, look, again, anything like this uh, after the dry, it's going to respond well to some rain falling from the sky. Sounds pretty good. All right, and we'll have a little bit more of Gardening Talk back with Les from Maryland. Now, Les, you've got a question for Scotty in around Hello. lemon trees today. Hey, Les, how can we help, how can we help you, mate? Hi, Scott. Um, uh, I've got uh, a couple of lemon trees, and every lemon I take off it is brown or partly brown in the centre mm-hmm. and the flesh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, look, that that could just be fruit fly that's burrowed in there and done its damage over time. Uh, oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. And look, they do get another sort of uh, fungal disease as well that stems down from the the blossom, uh, and it can be that inside it as well. The other thing as well, they do get with lemons and other citrus is boron deficiency, which can manifest itself like that as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you have to be careful about the amount of boron you're using, but you still can buy it, and you could probably best even just to uh, get some trace elements and mix that uh, up and water it around the drip line, uh, or as according to the directions on the packet. Uh, so yeah, it, it could, I've, it could, I've used um, trace elements. Yes. 
hasn't made a great deal of difference. Okay, so look, I, I think it might be that you need to go out and grab some boron, uh, and yep. you can certainly still buy that, and that does that will probably help the problem for you if it hasn't just been fruit fly. I don't know that it's been a particularly bad fruit fly season this year. Haven't had too many complaints about it. Uh, so yeah. yeah, look, I'd, I'd try for the boron deficiency if I were you. Yeah. Yeah, last year we were saying as well with the crop last year, and um, somebody said to me, "Oh, you're not giving enough water." So I put a, a uh, self-watering system in, and it waters every day, sort of thing, for at least half an hour. So it's not water problem. Although it is clay area, and it probably does run off. But, yeah, uh, look, but with clay areas, uh, you know, that should be generally a you know slightly alkaline soil. Uh, you know, the plant will like that component of it. But if it is a heavy clay soil, uh, you know, citrus don't uh, like, you know, necessarily going and rooting into that. Uh, you get an unhappy plant that way. So it might be just some general fertilising with poultry manure. Uh, keep on using your trace elements. And, yeah, I'd go and, uh, yeah, see if you can... Uh, boring as well. Yeah, just give that a, and make sure you don't overuse it, only according to directions. Okay. Thank you, Scott. Okay. Good on you, Liz. Have a nice okay, afternoon. Mate. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much, Les. And uh, always something to learn, Scotty, on Gardening Talkback. Oh, no, I am, aren't I? <laughs> I'm not we all. Uh, we'll go back to the plants that you want to talk about today. There was a second one uh, that yes, you mentioned. Yes, that was Fatinia red robin that we were going to talk about. And? Yes, it's, it's a fantastic hedging plant as well out at the moment. Uh, now, the reason you notice this at the moment, because like its name, uh, all the new foliage is coming out beautiful and red. So what happens? You prune these plants. It's normal you know, green foliage on there, quite a large leaf. But then at this time of year, uh, all of a sudden, you know, the, green, the uh, red foliage sort of springs up and you get this fantastic layer all around the plant of this beautiful, bright red. Uh, look, there's a number of different varieties of it. Uh, red robin is probably the best one. Uh, it's the most common one out there as well for a good reason. Uh, it's the quickest growing and forms a hedge the best. Uh, again, these can get quite tall. You can let them get up to about three metres if you want to. Trouble with a three-metre high hedge, though, is that uh, you know, it can be quite hard to actually get up there and prune properly. Mm. Uh, the other thing with fatinias, though, is that they can get a little bit woody, so make sure you're out there pruning them regularly to try and keep them soft and that new growth coming on all the time. So this one will take a little bit more uh, TLC than the, the, the hedge that we were talking oh, about earlier. Oh, I reckon this one... <laughs> you went the wrong way. I reckon this one's actually a bit tougher. Yeah. Uh, you'll actually see it up around the beach as well, mm -hmm. uh, withstand some frost. Uh, but that look, the Laura Petland will withstand frost as well. But I think the Virginia will probably withstand a little bit more salt, uh, you know, settling on the leaves than the Laura Petland would. Back to the phone. And Steve from Barnsley, you would also like to follow up on the lemon tree today. Hey, Steve, how can we help you? G'day, mate. Um, I was on the phone waiting for to get through. Yes. Um, so you've answered some of the questions about the Fertinia. Yes. Um, I have one in my driveway, the neighbour's side, who, who planted it. It is getting pretty big. And he does just do a little tip prune. But I feel it's too high. Yes. Can I... Now, there's red everywhere all over it, and it looks great. A bit later in the year, can I 
knock that down a foot or so, <laughs> so I can reach. Yeah, look, you, you certainly can. Uh, the, the, <clears> best, the best time to give uh, any hedge like that a prune is probably back in August because what happens is it stops growing. Oh. Yeah, uh, so it might be just look a little bit bare for you if you were to do it, uh, you know, now or you know as, as, yeah, the, yeah, as yeah. the winter months go on. So I'd probably wait till you know early August and then give it a good old cut back then. And like you All said, right. uh, once that new growth comes on, it's much softer and easier to look after. Oh, terrific! Yeah. Mate, the other thing you did mention about um, dog smells in the backyard. Oh yes, yes, I need some help about this. Okay, are you feeding the dog tin food? No, I do not. Great. I, co- um, I, I spoil my dogs. I actually cook them a, a risotto-type food, and then they have dry food as well. So they're very well looked after, my hounds. Righto. Um, uh, any of them have a slight, because my dog does, have an allergy to beef? Uh, no, they don't. No, they're quite happy oh, okay. eating, eating beef. I, what I did with my dogs when I was showing them um, was I used... Something like you're making up a stew. Yes. And I made um, just all the veggie peelings and uh, a soup mix. Um, And I don't know that you can get it now, but uh, Pollard from the produce. And um, no smell. Oh, excellent. Look, yeah, the other thing that I, I often uh, get called up about is, uh, you know, dogs going wee on their owner's lawns and, of course, the urea in their burns the lawn away. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, some advice about that. The only way to really, you know, try and keep that under control, I guess, is to actually go out and hose the area, uh, you know, as soon as possible after the dog's been there to try and stop that burning. But, yeah, look, if anyone else has got some other handy hints about uh, keeping that smell out of the garden, I'd be very much appreciative. Thank you, Steve, for Barnsley. Scotty, I'm not sure what I'm doing today. Are we looking gardening talk back? Is it pet chat or is it cooking with Jamie well, Oliver? I, never, I don't hey, know. We've had a bit of a crossover there, have we? And I didn't really mean it to be that way. Oh, look, Cheryl will be very upset that you're taking all of her Wednesday ammunition, Scotty. Either that or she's writing down topics for when she's when she's short of one. Still on the citrus theme, though, we've had lemons and Elise from Singleton. You've got a question about lime trees for Scotty today. Hey, Elise, how can we help you? Hello. I've got a lime lime growing in a pot, and they they bear very well. But when they're ready to pick, they go brown on the ends and fall off. Okay, uh, pick them sooner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, they they can get uh, a, a blossom end. Right? Are you saying that they actually get brown up around the the like the stalk where they're joined on? No, no, yeah. it's on on the very end of them. Okay. Look, that sounds like it's going to be a fungal disease. Uh, I would get mm-hmm. some copper oxychloride or mancozeb and spray mm-hmm. that. Uh, you mm-hmm. don't you spray it actually when the blossom is out uh, to try and keep any fungal diseases from settling into the fruit. And then you can keep on spraying the fruit every couple of weeks as well. Uh, usually with uh, fungicides, there's no withholding period. So you can uh, generally eat them you know, within a day or so of picking them. And I think that will cure your problem for you. Wonderful. Okay, thanks very much for that. Thanks, Scott. Okay, have a nice afternoon. Bye. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Elise. And uh, looking for some more calls, Scotty, uh, this afternoon. We'll get into that uh, lawn problem that you've got a little later. Yes, have we talk about the lawn problem? We will do that. We'll do that. Scott, we've got Ross from Midmire for you, and he has a question around lavender today. Hello, Ross. How can we help you with your lavender, mate? Um, what, I want to uh, find out um, when you can prune it, please. 
Yeah, okay. So, look, you can prune lavender pretty much year-round. The main thing with lavender, though, is you don't go to town on it because if you start pruning back too hard into your lavender bush, uh, you'll surely kill it. Uh, I would say the best you could take off the top of your lavender is a third, you know, a quarter to a third of it. Certainly don't go down into that, you know, that hard wood that they get. Try and keep it where it's nice and soft. Uh, you know, the best you can do do with a lavender is, uh, you know, more regular pruning and small amounts, just shaving over the top of it. So, mate, go for it, but uh, be aware, don't go too hard. That's that's the main thing with a lavender. Okay, thanks very much for that. And on your question about your, your dogs... Yes. Try, try white, uh, white vinegar. Okay. Sprinkle it on, hose it off, and that usually kills the smell. Okay, thanks very much for that. Appreciate it. Scotty, who is the gardening expert today? Is it you or everybody else? Well, so I wanted to enlist everyone else. I wanted to lasso them into helping me out with my, my mangy mutts. Any help you can get is good help. Rosemary from Pecolben, uh, you've got, uh, you're on this topic as well. You've got a solution for lawn going brown from the dog urine. Hey, Rosemary, how can we help? Oh, hi. Sorry, I didn't, wasn't sure I was That's there. Right. Um, yes, no, I'm just ringing about the, um, the dog, uh, the, the grass. Yes. For the dogs. Um, there's a product that you can buy at the you know good um, pet shop yes. called called Dog Rocks. Oh. Yeah. And all you do is you put the rocks. It's just like a little, you know, about the size of a hand, and you put it in the dog bowl of water, and it, it's it's magic. Works ah. wonders. So we're actually trying we're trying to cut it off at the source before it gets to the lawn, are we? That's exactly uh, right. Good idea. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much for that, Rosby. Appreciate the help. See, the help's coming through thick and fast now, it Scott, is. that's for sure. G'day, Cole at Rutherford. Uh, you've got uh, an issue with wattle All trees. Right. Yeah, hey, Cole, how can we help, mate? Well, I was uh, just inquiring about why the wattle trees are coming out. I know they the wattles are one of those things they're quite touchy they love that that temp- temperature differential I think it's because we had that little cold snap a couple of weeks ago that's why they've all of a sudden decided uh, it's time to flower uh, that's the only thing I can put it down to because now we've gone warm again uh, I think it was that cold snap of a couple of weeks ago that have triggered the wattle into thinking it's time to flower yeah right are then okay good on you thanks for the call so great uh, calls coming, and that, that's one of those things. Waddle, it's out. It's not out. It's out again. All over I know. The place. And look, you drive down the coast, uh, down towards Canberra, and those places down the down south, and it flowers at completely different times to up here because of the temperature. All righty, let's get stuck into our big topic for today. So, why have you got this on your mind, Scott? That we want that with the dogs smelling the, the lawn obviously this is something that's hitting home literally for you yeah it, it's just my my horrible hounds my hounds of the basketball out in the back out in the backyard doing the wrong thing making it smell and you haven't got any ideas yourself on how to get rid of this well i, I, I look I, I didn't come here empty-handed i've, I've <laughs> got to say that but i i thought i'd you know cast the net out there and see who'd come up with an idea mm-hmm. i was actually sprinkling lime around the backyard to try some garden lime to try and get rid of those smells. I think that could be working. Uh, or my nostrils could have just given up. <laughs> They've just been burnt away. How do you think that the other suggestion would go, the white vinegar? Oh, I can't see why that wouldn't work yeah. as well, yeah. I like the idea of cutting it off at the source of that, uh, those things you stick in the uh, dog's bowl. That, again, another great idea. Because yes, yeah. with the vinegar yard, it smells like fish and chips, so that's not a bad one either. Yeah. But I think the lady was saying that the, uh, you know, those dog rock things will uh, actually stop the burning 
of your grass as well. So mm. I think that's an important thing because so many people ring up and say they've got these weird patches all over the lawn where you know pooch goes out and does the wrong thing. And if this can sort of help stop that, you you have that nice one coloured lawn. Love the yes, sound of that yes. too. All right, some more calls coming through uh, this afternoon on Gardening Tour. Back, Lynn at Cameron Park, uh, you would got want some advice on getting rid of the curl grubs today. Um, yes, look, I did ring you the last time I found them. I don't know whether they're called cock shavers or not, but yes. you did tell me what I can put on them, and I can't find the piece of paper in my lawn locker. <laughs> Yeah, they are, they are called cockshafers. They're actually the pupa of the the Christmas beetle. Yeah. Uh, look, the main you know problem they have is if uh, they've been laid in a pot, uh, and they just get into that contained area and just eat the root system of the plants away. In the general garden, they're not such an issue because you know the root systems of plants can spread out and uh, yeah. you know, they don't get harmed as much. Uh, what you need to do is get a product called carbaryl and actually. Uh- Carbaryl, yes, yeah. and mix that up into the watering can and drench that down through the soil. Uh, I believe Confidor will work as well, but again, you need to use that as a drench. You don't spray that. Uh, no. You mix it up into the watering can and pour it down through the soil, and it should get rid of those chafer grubs for you. Oh, all right. And I've got one more question. Yes. My mulberry trees got little holes I can see through. I've looked for the little tiny green grub, but I can't seem to find it. And I have sprayed it with pyrethrum, but it's quite a big tree. So I was wondering, is, is pyrethrum the right thing to spray the mulberry tree with? Yeah, look, it's, it certainly is. I guess once a tree gets that big, though, there's you know not much you can do if you can't physically get around to, to spray the whole thing in, un, the, in the underside of the leaves. Oh. Uh, I think sometimes you just have to let nature take its course once a plant gets to a certain size and uh, uh, just accept that there's going to be some holes in the leaves. It's like ventilation for the plant. Uh, All right. Yeah, and it won't really affect, uh, you know, overall affect the uh, the plant too badly. Or just no, buy a bigger ladder, Lynn. You'll be yeah. able to get up there and all the other Oh, spots. yeah, yeah. Considering I'm all a five foot two, I really need uh, one. A helicopter as well. That's the next, that's the next step after the ladder. All right, I'll see if I can program one in. All righty, great advice. Thank you very much for that, Lynn. And uh, Scotty, we're all all over the place today. We are, we are. How are we going so far? I know you normally get Greg, and he's uh, looking after drive this afternoon while Kev's away. You weren't expecting big things from me, were you? But am I doing all right for you? I wasn't expecting this level of professionalism. It's it's, it's fantastic. It's great. You must not have seen too many really <laughs> professional people in all your years doing these programs. All righty, we are back uh, with Tom from Cardiff. And you're wanting to plant some veggies, Tom. Yeah, mate. Uh, I rang up last year and um, I live in an over-55s retirement village and we were... I asked you to um, tell us once a month when to plant our veggies, what to do with our soil in our little gardens, because we've got nothing else to do. We um, we don't do lawns or flowers or trees. The gardeners do that. Yep, yep. So we muck around by ourselves in our little veggie patches, and you're going to do a, a five-minute segment once a month of a Monday and tell us how to, what veggies we need to plant and what time to do it and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, and I've never heard it since. Ooh, I, I think we did it for about two months and then uh, my memory probably slipped on that one. I'm sorry, Tom. But I, I yeah. know we did do it a couple of months because uh, Greg and I were talking about actually getting a theme song made up for it. That's right. I yeah. remember that, yeah. You've got to call it Tom's Veggie Patch. And I think we did. We did it for two months and then I, uh, my memory just went bad on me. I'm sorry. But look, at the moment, uh, what are we in? It's probably a good time to get your Brussels sprouts in. 
Uh, all of those veggies that, you know, like cabbage, cauliflower, those winter veggies, you always wait for the humidity to go away. And I think it has gone away now. Uh, so it is safe to get those vegetables in uh, because otherwise you're just, you know, fighting a losing battle if you go and plant those too early. So, uh, yeah, for, for my uh, my money at the moment, I'll be getting the Brussels sprouts in, uh, the broccoli, uh, certainly the cauliflower and the cabbage at the moment. And you won't have a problem with them now, maybe except for the uh, cabbage moth, the little white one we were talking about last week. Uh, but look, you can successfully keep them under control by using a natural insecticide like pyrethrum or using uh, Deris dust. It's uh, not really Deris dust anymore, but we keep on calling it that. And uh, just spraying that, uh, you know, sprinkling that around and uh, reapplying it once it's, you know, if it's been washed off by the rain or by watering. Thanks. Um, I actually planted some snow pea seeds this morning. So, um, yeah, um, so in these villages, you you don't do much. And um, so our veggie gardens are just like a hobby for us, you know, and just muck around and... um, yeah, a lot of people have got nothing else to do, so it's so, all right, mate. That's all right. If, if you can do that once a month, just yeah, just a couple of minutes to tell us what we can and can't do, and I'd much appreciate it. Tom, I think I think the next gardening tour back will be a week after Easter, so where he's got a, yeah. he's got a fortnight to get on it. He did, Scotty did mention Brussels sprouts a few times in that. So, are you a big Brussels sprout man, or do you put those? No, 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 no. They're vermin, I think. Oh, no, 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 Tom. I I beg to differ. I beg to differ. (laughs) Mate, they are shocked. They're as bad as cats, so... They're terrible things. Yeah, all right, thanks, mate. Thank you. I love love her Brussels sprouts. I don't mind them. I I cook them up. I'm happy to eat Brussels sprouts any day. Like this little intense, you know, sort of chomp into them and it just goes, bam, straight out at you. They're beautiful. Yeah, Yeah. Tom, on the other hand, is like, oh, vile weed, get away from me. Yeah, yeah, no, Tom, uh, no. Got a call waiting for you, mate, but you're pretty excited. You've been thumbing through some of the cricket news. I, yeah, look, I, I, we're very much off topic now, but I, I noticed Smith and Warner are back into the uh, one-day side. Uh, are we surprised? Not surprised? No, not at all. Now you're just looking through to see who's been cared, to see whose hopes and dreams <laughs> <laughs> to play for Australia have been upset oh, slightly. Oh okay. So yeah, summer in, summer out. Julie from Murrayweather, you are looking to get rid of flu- fruit flies today. Um, yes. I've got a, I've had a tree, an eight-foot tree, and I've bought the fruit fly little containers with a little sponge thing in it. Yes. Um, and I've had them going um, every three months. I've changed them ever since the fruit was tiny and green. And I've lost approximately half of the oranges because they've got fruit flies. And I'm very upset about it because <laughs> it's only a small tree. It was absolutely laden so much so it was falling down onto the ground, the, the, um, the boughs, yes. So when do when does the fruit fly actually get in? It it gets in once that you know you've got the green fruit. As soon as you start to see some colour, that's when it will actually start to sting because it gets soft enough for the uh, for the fruit fly to actually sting and lay its egg in there. Uh, so when they're still uh, small, hard and green, you, the fruit fly generally can't get in there at that time. So using these, should, should I have used something else? Do you think rather than these, um, like a lantern? It's like a lantern that hangs on the tree. So yep, I've had sure. two of them, Did and you... I've changed them every three months. And were you getting fruit fly being trapped in there? Only a little bit. 
Okay. Not very many. There is another cure that we have. Uh, and you, look, I, know how I say this, when you're trying to get rid of fruit fly, uh, you have to get rid of it in a couple of ways. You need to spray, uh, probably using a pyrethrum spray. It's nice and natural just every you know week or so, just in the general vicinity to try and keep it under control. And you also need to trap like you've been doing. There is another method, and you go and get a couple of those plastic sort of takeaway containers, and you set up a little trap, not unlike that one that you've got at home. Uh, and to do that, you get some Vegemite and a, an insecticide called Malathon, and you mix that Malathon into the Vegemite uh, just until it makes a bit of a paste. And then you actually put that into the container, and the fruit fly are attracted into that, the female ones. And uh, they, of course, go to the Vegemite because they like the taste of it. And they then ingest the, uh, the malathon in there and they die. And look, we've had a number of people uh, ringing back saying we've had fantastic results. We have to empty these out all the time. So, now look, there's no hard and fast sort of recipe to it. It's just that you have to mix your Vegemite uh, up into a paste with this insecticide and uh, keep it moist inside those uh, traps to try and keep them under control. Thank you very much. I'll That's try right. that then. And make sure you don't put that Vegemite back in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, how could anybody be attracted to such a horrible tasting substance? I, I can't do Vegemite oh, at all. It, it, it is a staple diet when you've come home, uh, let's say, uh, late at <laughs> night. <laughs> well, when, when the kebab shops are already closed. Yes, yeah. Go no further. <laughs> Fair well, too late we're there now, boots and all. Scotty Sharp is here and I think he's uh, had a whale of a time this afternoon. I have so had a far. whale of a time. This is the new standard. The new the gold standard. The gold standard. What about platinum standard? Yeah, the That's credit card has doesn't extend to that yet. But the- <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> where the big red light goes on, the big warning button. All right, so some more calls coming through. Emma at Valentine, you've got uh, a mango tree for Scotty today. Hello, Emma. Yeah, hi, Scott. How can um, we help you? I think call maybe. Oh God, it'll be almost two years ago. We had a problem with our mango tree, oh, and it's- I, rem- I remember you, Emma. <laughs> of course, he does. <laughs> Um, my husband has been trying to cut it down since day dot, and I keep saying, no, we can save it, we can save it. So I did call, and you suggested we cut it back because it was getting attacked by possums and bugs and whatever. So we've cut it back severely, and it has regrown, and it's beautiful. But it seems to have these perfectly round holes. There's a section of the bark that's kind of disappeared back to really smooth wood. Yes. Um, so I imagine it's some kind of borer thing. But now there's, like, orange stuff coming out of it. I thought it was like a fungus coming out of those holes, but I don't know if that's related to the borer. Yeah, that's going to be We haven't had any fruit on it for two years, mm-hmm. um, and so it's probably at the point where he still keeps threatening he's going to chop it down, but I'm like, well, is it really still savable, I wonder? Yeah, look, that, that, it will be borers that you've got in there, and that uh, fungus that you see uh, coming out of there is actually the sap oozing back out from the sap stream of the plant because the borers in there are doing all that damage. Right. Uh, getting rid of borers, uh, very difficult, uh, but not impossible. You can, if you want to, drill down into the trunk of the tree in a couple of places and inject uh, some sort of poison in there, uh, like malathon, sure. and then yeah. plug those holes back up. Uh, you can also use the existing holes that the borer has made and try and get some poison down into those in the hope that you okay. sort of chase it. And, again, you plug those holes up. You can get some wood putty. Uh, I think that's probably the easiest way to do it and just sort of smear yeah. it over and plug those holes up. But get as much poison in there as you possibly can. Uh, look, that's why it's probably had no fruit as well. Um, yeah. Of course, it's been a bit unhappy because those borers are in there attacking it. So, look, don't cut it down yet. I would try and treat and uh, okay. see how you go with it and uh, get that uh, chainsaw out of your husband's hand. <laughs> <laughs> so just 
just one thing about that orange sap. It's like a really hard white orange, like fluorescent orange. Yeah, that, that's all it's it is. Like, it's just the sap that's is, drying yeah. on the way out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think okay, that, okay, I'll give it a go. Okay, thanks, Emma. I think the key to that, Scott, is making sure the chainsaw is out of hubby's hands. Put the chainsaw down, down, put it away. Step away from the chainsaw. You get a uh, break for Easter. What's uh, happening for you? Going away? You doing anything exciting? Uh, Easter eggs? Oh, I'm going to cook a whole snapper on the Friday. Sounds pretty good. Did, what, it, what? did it on Christmas Day and it was a treat. It was like this huge beastie fish that wouldn't fit into my fridge. I'm going to buy another one and what, do it again. What time do you want me to come around for dinner? Uh, lunch, that is. Lunch? What yeah. time do you want me to come around for that? Uh, yeah. Will uh, get back to me? Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll send you an invitation on um, a computer program of some sort. All right, mate. Thank you for that. Have, uh, thanks for coming in, Guarding Talkback. We'll catch you in a fortnight, Scott. See you then. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.